Welcome to the Interop. Today, my guest is Bo Du. He's technical lead at Polymer. They're building Ethereum's interoperability hub. Today, Bo's back on the podcast to talk about Polymer's recent shift to the OP stack. That's right. They're no longer building a Cosmos app chain secured by Cosmos validators. They're building a chain that will be secured by Ethereum and will sit on the OP stack. This was announced just a couple of days ago at IBC Summit in Istanbul, so it's pretty hot alpha. Um, we'll talk about why they decided to do this, why they decided to move to Ethereum. We'll talk about how Polymer enables IBC for EVM rollups. We'll get into the technical details about how this works and how it changes the architecture of uh, the platform. And we'll discuss the Monomer SDK, which is a Cosmos SDK for the OP stack. I'm also dying to find out why he thinks the real merge is the convergence of Ethereum and Cosmos. I also tend to think that. So before we get started, make sure to subscribe to get notified when new episodes drop every week. And remember that none of what we discuss here on The Interrupt is investment advice. And quick disclaimer, I am an angel investor in Polymer. And if you enjoy this content, please consider staking with us. We're validating on Evmos, Quicksilver, Osmosis, and Juno. Just look for Interrupt in the active set. My guest, Bo Du, is coming up right here on The Interrupt. Hey, Bo, thanks for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, so actually, I mean, you know, for the audience, like we saw each other uh, just a couple of days ago because we were both in Istanbul. I've came back to Paris. You're still in Istanbul for Dev Connect, and you guys hosted IBC Summit, uh, which I think was like the fourth or fifth one or something like that. Um, I got to say, like, lots of great content at this conference. I thought, like, it was very technical, very in-depth, a lot of really great conversations around the panels. So, uh, yeah, why, why are you guys doing IBC Summit and what's the, what's the long-term vision for, for this conference? Yeah, I, I think everyone in the Cosmos space is generally like aware of IBC. Maybe they don't know exactly how it works, but uh, they know of the technology and are generally like, this is the right solution for interoperability. Whereas uh, on the Ethereum side, I feel like there isn't a coherent long-term vision for interoperability yet or a story there and especially kind of like ethereum's you know roadmap is like scaling focused and you know rollups need interoperability uh, they need to be able to, to talk to each other and ideally be interoperable or natively interoperable with uh, other existing networks like the like the interchain and, and the cosmos so the goal with ibc summit is to uh, i guess like educate like first and foremost uh, and, and to kind of like spread the word about ibc and, and help these other ecosystems understand the power that IBC has and why it makes sense as a, a unified interop story, not just for the Cosmos, but for other ecosystems. We did one uh, at Breakpoint for Solana. I know Solana, I guess his thesis now is like, they don't need, <laughs> they don't need rollups, they don't need sharding, but at some point, like, you know, they, they will be interoperable with other ecosystems. And uh, we want to make the IBC that story as well. What, what was the, what was the response to IBC summit at Breakpoint? Yeah, surprisingly we had, like quite a number of attendees, like more than I thought, because I just assumed that Solana people just weren't interested in interop. And and the response from the technical, more technical community was that, like even though the marketing right now is more like, oh, only possible on Solana, or like everything can fit on the L1, I think in general the technical community does agree that at some point Solana could potentially be a settlement layer. Uh, Solana could do other things like DA. People are talking about like Solana doing DA and and and, and other other sorts of things as well. So it, it's it's you know possible that uh, Solana and also this investment in Solana like client development. Um, so there's, uh, there's definitely a path forward for IBC in the, I guess, a like medium to, to long term future. Wow, Solana being interoperable with other, other chains, can you imagine what that would look like? Um, yeah. We could just use Solana for everything. I mean, all, all chains yeah, would just, just settle to Solana. Ethereum could settle to Solana. You know, the Federal Reserve and all of Visa and Mastercard <laughs> and all the world's central banks and you know, even everyone's thoughts and ambitions can settle to Solana because settle Solana <laughs> scales, uh, you know, infinitely. Um, yeah, yeah. So you you guys actually announced. Uh, which you know, honestly, I thought it was surprising. You know, I, was, I wasn't expecting uh, this announcement, but you announced a sort of shift in uh, in strategy for uh, for Polymer. 
Um, now, you know, we, we, you were on the podcast it was just a couple months ago. It was like in June. Uh, but I thought like, let's, let's, let's do one now. It's like, you know, for everybody listening, this is like hot alpha. This has not been discussed anywhere else, but at this conference, uh, as far as I know. So, um, what's, what led to this shift, uh, in direction? So, so before I actually talk about what we're planning, I would say that for the longest time, we've been thinking about how to get the best distribution for the IBC technology and in general, like Cosmos tech. I think like every ecosystem's builders generally respect the Cosmos ecosystem, respect the builders, the, 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 the thinkers, the researchers, the um, all of the ecosystem participants as well. And in general, we kind of see other ecosystems borrow ideas from the Cosmos, uh, but not necessarily have distribution for the Cosmos tech. So it's like, oh, Cosmos has great tech, bad distribution. So like we wanted to solve the distribution problem. And then on that front, I would say that the initial approach was to build an IBC connection with Ethereum. And, you know, after we did some, I guess, like we're, we're chatting with folks and, I'm, you know, thinking about this problem, we, we strongly felt that the IBC connection alone would not be enough. So like just chatting with Ethereum folks, I feel like if you, if you talk to them, they'll be like, yeah, I've heard of this IBC thing, but it's kind of, they're kind of like grasping at like air or straws. It's just like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just like somewhere in, in the, in the cosmos. And like, I don't, I, I can't see it. Yeah, in the ether. It's like, I, I cannot see this technology. I cannot feel it. So like, um, the, the connection alone and also like the, the trust model of the connection, which I'll get into a little bit later, uh, also means that like you have to put something in the middle. Like it's, it's not ideal um, to have this thing in the middle. Uh, so we're thinking, and also like this is, this would only be an IBC connection alone. So we're thinking like, what, what would be a better way to get distribution for the cosmos and IBC tech? Uh, so, so the shift here is that we're no longer building a, a Cosmos uh, SDK like app chain or a sovereign app chain. We're actually building a, an app rollup. So we've combined the Cosmos SDK and the OP stack and, and merged them together because we felt like this was the, the best approach for uh, getting distribution for the Cosmos tech itself. Since now it's not just like the ideas being borrowed, the literal like uh, modules that builders are working on can now be plugged into Ethereum uh, or the Ethereum ecosystem directly. And the other idea is that as, a, as an interoperability hub, if we want to do interoperability across Ethereum rollups and like kind of like bring this IBC technology to Ethereum rollups, uh, the best way would be to build it directly on Ethereum as, 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 as a rollup. You inherit security from the Ethereum domain. Uh, you, you can have like rollup to rollup communication with IBC semantics uh, with Ethereum uh, level security. So it's native IBC interoperability with Ethereum security. Uh, going cross domains, uh, another another thing, but uh, within the Ethereum domain itself, uh, this is the I, I, this is what I this is I this is what I believe to be the most scalable like long term approach to interoperability across like all these different rollups uh, in different ecosystems. Okay, so maybe just to summarize here, before so when you were last on, the idea was Polymer would be a Cosmos zone, a, a, a Cosmos SDK chain with validators, as we as we know, right. But that right. zone would create an IBC bridge to Ethereum yes. and and possibly other EVM chains and rollups, but at least like at least one bridge to Ethereum. And then once you're on Ethereum, it's like, yeah, all right, now what? Right. Like, how are you going to bridge over to Polygon and Arbitrum and Gnosis chain? And I think yeah. that was a little bit like still up in the air, at least from what I yes. remember. Um, yep. now it, it's sort of like shifting the position of Polymer and Polymer is, it's embedding itself within the Ethereum ecosystem by becoming a rollup, uh, mm -hmm. not only providing an IBC connection to the cosmos. So it's sort of like the other way around right now. It connects an IBC, it creates an IBC connection to cosmos via Ethereum, where in cosmos, everything's already IBC. So you don't need to worry about the interoperability once you're there, mm -hmm. but by sitting inside of Ethereum, it can provide IBC connectivity with other rollups. So it effectively creates like an IBC hub inside of the EVM space where all the rollups can interoperate with Polymer in the same way that the Cosmos hub interoperates with all other Cosmos chains via IBC in Cosmos. Polymer is kind of like this, this IBC hub in Ethereum. Is that, is that, a good representation of sort of the high level vision here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that kind of brings me to like using like a high level analogy here. And I'm kind of stealing uh, uh, Ethan Buckman's article from uh, a number and uh, uh, Sam Hart's article from a number of years ago, uh, describing the Cosmos hub as, as a port city. Uh, and I think that's an accurate description. Uh, I think also it, it's, it's relevant too, because IBC actually uses this port concept. Um, you, you bind like applications to ports and, and you can create like channels between them. So it, it, in my mind, it, it helps Polymer establish itself as a port city for trade, uh, similar to the Cosmos hub, but in the Ethereum space. So the analogy here is that uh, a port city is as secure as like the country that it's sitting in. If, if that makes sense. So like if, if you know, you're, you're a port and you're you know, sitting in the U.S. perhaps and this port gets uh, attacked, then the U.S. will defend this port with its, you know, uh, military. And, and in the same sense, like a port docked in Ethereum, a port city docked in Ethereum is, is defended by Ethereum stake. So that's like my mental model for it. And then in like each country you have different port cities that like talk to each other, if that makes sense. So like the port cities act as like the lanes of like global commerce while like, uh, <clears throat> like in, within the Ethereum ecosystem, the port city can also facilitate the transfer of goods between all the, the different cities uh, within Ethereum itself, if, if, if that makes sense. Like if, if yeah, all no, like the, absolutely yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this port city analogy is, is quite apt. Like Sunny's also talked about this too, right? In terms of security. Um, yeah. you know, ge ge geopolitical security and like the military industrial complex seem to be a good analogy for a lot of things in, in, in blockchains. Yeah. Um, so I I'd like to maybe just take a little quick step back here before we get into okay. the details here. Um, you know, so a little kind of quick refresher on IBC, which will color a lot of this conversation. So last time you were on, you described IBC as like two parts, right? There's the transport layer and the application layer and, and Polymer creates this unified transport layer for IBC. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to that, when thinking about um, connecting different EVM chains to IBC, what does that transport layer look like? And, are, you know, are we still thinking about having uh, individual applications for individual types of activities on chain. So for instance, you know, if we look at IBC on the Cosmos side, you, know, you have applications for token transfer, you have applications for shared security, you have like, all of all of these are the applications of IBC. Now, yep. those don't necessarily uh, carry over perfectly in Ethereum, we might have like a token transfer uh, application, but maybe shared security is different. And maybe there are some use cases, maybe some, some applications in Ethereum are different just because of the way, uh, you know, Ethereum and, and Cosmos are different. So how, how does Polymer sort of sit there in the middle, ensuring that these applications are compatible with each other, right? So if you're making a token transfer in Ethereum, it will get understood on the on the Cosmos side. Yeah, so uh, like the tokens themselves on Ethereum side sit in a smart contract. The tokens in the Cosmos side, the balances sit like natively in the chain itself. So like th that's, I think, one of the big distinctions. There's like this concept of like escrow accounts that doesn't really exist uh, in like EVM, like smart contract land. But those technical details aside, I would say that when people think of an interoperability API, uh, like the sta like standardized interoperability API, uh, the the standardized point is at the transfer layer. Just just to, just so we're clear here. So like I, like if you look at TCP/IP in the in the OSI networking model, and IBC in the interoperability model, we see that they kind of sit in a similar place. They expose a similar API, which is like you get some data packets. What that what those data packets mean? I have no idea. But you you you, can, you as an application go figure it out. Um, and you implement some 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 features. So uh, yeah, Palmer just does that. So it, it makes sure that the like below the bytes level. So once the application has composed some bytes, that it is transported between the chains, meaning that you have to enforce all of the messaging rules, so that you can enable features like acknowledgments, timeouts, and so on, uh, in a standard way across all of these connected chains. Um, above that level, so like in terms of compatibility. 
the you can create like ICS twenty like smart contracts that essentially enable uh, communication in a single lane. So I kind of see it like IBC channels as lanes in a highway. So like uh, IBC connection is a highway. Um, and it, these are application specific lanes. So it's like a, high, a, a lane in a highway that says only cars of this type, like only mo motorcycles or like only uh, like buses. Um, and you, you can kind of see these lanes on, on the street or like only bicycles or only pedestrians. Um, and for the ICS-20 contract, because it gets bound to a channel, uh, the, the thing about ICS-20 that I think is like relevant in my mind is that if you, the main difference is that you have fault isolation on a per channel basis. So for your application, for the security model, model that you have picked, which in the modular security world, security is non-fungible. Like whether you used a consensus, whether you verified yeah. consensus between two chains, that is not fungible with uh, a chain link Oracle or some sort of uh, uh, some sort of off-chain guardian set observing this. Like these are two different things, um, and because these are non-fungible, you have fault isolation on a per-token basis. So like between, so with between, uh, I guess this like token contract on Ethereum and maybe like a uh, like a token like the uh, I guess like ICS twenty module on the Cosmos side between those two, uh, where like kind of Polymer enables this connectivity, you have this like lane that is untouchable by any other types of transactions. It's, it's only token transfers between the two. And generally, this is not how other interoperability protocols work, especially in the, in, in the Ethereum side. It's like you, you spin up a token contract, you give it access to some sort of like uh, gateway or important contract that the other uh, interop protocol has, and it's just one fat lane for everything. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, it's just, it's, just, it's just a lot going on. You kind of have to do all these, all these checks and, and, and balances for yourself. Okay. Yeah, I see. Uh, let's let's um, let's transition then into yeah the OP stack and Polymer. So um, Polymer is going to be a roll up that leverages the OP stack. It, it was interesting because when you announced this just before I was at like this Optimism event, learning about Optimism and the OP stacks. Like I I I admit I don't know a whole lot about the OP stack, so maybe. It'd be helpful to start with an over an overview here um, of yeah what exactly is the OP stack and what's this concept of a super chain and yeah so so I think the the marketing of OP stacks is very like kind of like similar to uh, the marketing of the Cosmos SDK and the interchain so it's like Cosmos SDK build your custom app chain be a part of this the interchain and with OP, uh, OP stack it's like build your app roll up. Uh, and be a part of the super chain. Uh, the marketing is very similar. Uh, so let's get into the technicals. Um, is the super chain kind of akin to the Cosmos hub here in terms of shared security or or is it not? So in, in the super chain model, I guess the hub, the Cosmos hub would be Ethereum. Oh, and okay. and like the uh, app rollups would be like, um, like ICS secured, like interchain security secured chains, except they use uh, like a, a settlement mechanism instead of using a, uh, I'll say like a shared validator set, I guess, with, with the interchain security model. Okay, yeah. yeah. So like to me, like ICS and like eigenlayers, like active validating services. Uh, so like restaking secured services is like similar to interchain security. Um, and uh, the settlement model is, is a little bit different. But yeah, like at, at a high level, it's like the hub and Ethereum, the L1 are like the same. The hub is the heart of the interchain, and the ETH uh, L1 is the heart of the superchain. Okay, and then uh, applications use the OP, the OP stack to to deploy rollups, and these rollups can be VM rollups. They can be Cosmos SDK. They could be like a Move VM. Like the the type of rollup, the the type of VM isn't like the OP stack doesn't prescribe the VM, right? From the marketing perspective, yes. And I think that is the intention. Uh, from a technological perspective, I would say it's a lot trickier to integrate just some random execution engine into the OP stack. Uh, we're, we're in the process of doing that. Um, the, 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 the problem is that the, like one, the engine API. So the ABCI, they try to kind of make it generic between like, you know, some random state transition function or application and some random consensus mechanism. 
for the engine API, they're also trying to serve the same purpose. It serves the purpose of separating uh, the consensus layer actually for, of the Ethereum L1 of the yeah of the Ethereum L1 from the execution layer of the Ethereum L1. When they did the migration or when they, when the, the Ethereum went through the merge, the um, original L1 became the execution layer, and they overlaid on uh, a consensus uh, layer network. And the engine API actually is 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 what separates the two. So engine API ABCI those two interfaces uh, serve the same purpose. Uh, the engine API is somewhat generic, uh, although there's a lot of like the only current execution engine that's like natively supported in the Cosmos SDK code base is OP Geth, or like OP's slightly modified version of the Go Ethereum client. There's a lot of like ethisms like in the OP stack. So like past, so if it were like completely generic, it would be seamless to just plug in anything as long as you like implement this interface you're done. Like you ever never need to cross over into the OP stack and change anything. However, there's a lot of places that expects like an Ethereum block. And like, I mean, it, it, it should be kind of obvious, like a Cosmos SDK chain does not produce an Ethereum block. There's like a whole bunch of fields and, and like things that just don't make sense in the context of a, a, a SDK app chain. Um, so there's quite a bit of work to, to, to make them compatible. Okay, we'll come back to to the technical bits here. Um, but yeah, first, like, let's talk about, uh, what the, what this roll up, like, so, so this roll up that we described earlier that sits, uh, in Ethereum, um, how will this roll up interact with other, um, how will this roll up, uh, implement IBC with other roll ups like Arbitrum or Optimism mm -hmm. or, you know, Maybe, maybe also like I mean, will it interact with say other EVM L ones? It's like for example, the Gnosis chain. I think I would consider that to be more of an L one because it has its own validator set. Although I believe it does do some kind of like shared settlement with Ethereum. Um, yeah. yeah. How how will that all work? So Polymer itself, the functionality has not changed necessarily. So the original idea with Polymer is that uh, it's it's difficult to expand the IBC network. So like the, the the main blocker with expanding the IBC network was it's difficult to implement IBC. So like it takes time, and also you have to convince this other chains like developers to say please put this on your roadmap or like I created this PR for like like up, please upstream this. And if they, if they don't do it, then you get into the cycle of they keep changing their code and then you have to kind of keep this like update uh, up in sync with, with their updates as well. It's a long process. Um, you have to get buy-in. There's, you know, it's, it, this is not permissionless. This is very much a permission process to, to do that. So the idea of Palmer was like, how can we, Palmer was trying to answer the question of how can we expand IBC permissionlessly? And to, to do so, we created an internal protocol called virtual IBC. We essentially represent the chain that's connected at a high level. What it does is it says that like the question that it answers is like, do you need to execute the IBC logic on the original chain? And what we realize is that like you actually don't need to do that. You can have Polymer as an interoperability hub take on that responsibility for you. So you still form this connection in, in like a, a logical sense between this, uh, I guess, rollup and, and, and Polymer, except the rollup doesn't execute the IBC logic. Polymer executes the IBC logic on the rollup's behalf. And what sits on the rollup is a smart contract. That smart contract acts as an interface. Uh, there's only the, the, the only points at which the rollup's application code and the IBC interface are, are at the channel level and at the packet level. So you have the concept of a channel lifecycle and you have the concept of a packet lifecycle. So when an application calls into either a channel lifecycle method or a packet lifecycle method, these calls actually get propagated to Polymer and it gets validated using the same kind of like bi-directional client logic. So there's still a, there's still a connection, there's still a bi-directional client. Uh, in this case, Ethereum is the verifier. So like you're not saying that you're verifying like rollup A or like rollup B is verifying each other's consensus. There's no consensus for rollups. The rollups are settling onto Ethereum. Each rollup has, I would say like trusted access to the L1 state itself, meaning that every rollup blocks are derived from the uh, layer one state, if that makes sense. So, so like, there's no like, we don't need to verify tournament consensus. We actually don't even need to verify Ethereum consensus. We have, we, we already have uh, access. We already have like the, the state of Ethereum for free. So 
with this client uh, verification, which is very, very trust minimized at this point, like you're, uh, you're, you're basically just using the, the L1 state, you can say that uh, I observed some transaction happening on this rollup to call into the IBC logic and you bind the call. So now the call is asynchronously bound to the, to the IBC logic in, in Polymer. And then Polymer now forms a connection outwards to another rollup. So you can either have like a connection, uh, like connection between like a rollup in Polymer and another rollup, or you can have a connection between a rollup in Polymer and back to the Cosmos. Now you can imagine like if you're, if you're a DYDX or you're a Gnosis chain or some other um, chain that's not, uh, I guess, like IBC compatible, uh, you can still have connectivity, IBC connectivity to, to Ethereum rollups uh, over Polymer, over these connections. Okay, yeah, this is starting to make sense. So, so Polymer, so contrary to like, so, so in, in Cosmos, you have like a chain that initiates a, a, a that sends a message, let's say for like a token transfer, um, yes. that, that chain, um, sends a message to the other chain there, are, there's yes. like the, the tokens are escrowed. That chain sends a message to another chain via a relayer that the other chain receives that message. And then, uh, a, um, a validator will, will do a light client verification of the other chain to make sure that, that that those tokens have been escrowed and then sort of issue the tokens there on that side. And so both chains are interacting with each other in that sense. Whereas here, chains are interacting with a smart contract and then Polymer is, Polymer is serving as the intermediary that is very, well, that is checking the state of Ethereum, um, that's checking let's say with a light client, the state of Ethereum, yep. verifying that, that, that there's been a commitment on say, like the sending chain, and then mm -hmm. send a message to the receiving chain that that commitment has been, uh, that you've verified that commitment. And so it's acting as a trust layer between the two interacting chains by leveraging like the, the security of Ethereum that we get for free. So, so I wouldn't say, Polymer is a trust layer. So like there, there's no trust in Polymer here. Uh, the, the trust is actually just in Ethereum. Polymer just implements IBC as a feature. So like Polymer is more of like an IB, like a feature layer, if, if that makes sense. It's, a, it's okay. like Polymer is adding IBC as a feature to Ethereum and, and its rollups. The, the trust layer is Ethereum. So even right. the, yeah. So sorry, trust layer maybe was not the right. So, but, but as a, I mean, Polymer still, Polymer's role is to, provide this feature of attesting to the validity of of this in, of of these transactions being settled to ethereum um i i guess why like why wouldn't chains be able to do this themselves like why couldn't chains i mean i guess Polymer sort of like creates this function, right? It creates this feature. Uh, yes. it, it creates the the functionality. But if chains all got together and said, we're going to implement IBC, they could do this without Polymer. They would just have to sort of agree on the way to do it, right? They would have to sort of yeah. like, but 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 they could potentially do it without, without Polymer providing that feature if the entire EVM ecosystem sort of like agreed on a standard way to do this. Yes, and, and, and that would be ideal. So, like, ideally, uh, you know, us bring the technology to, to Ethereum that they kind of see the power of it and a lot of these roll-up frameworks decide, like, you know what, I want to implement IBC. Like, I think IBC is the right thing to do because what a lot of these roll-up ecosystems are doing right now is they're implementing their own, like, random bridging protocols. And yeah. that's just going to create more fragmentation. And in this world, there's two options here. So then now, like, in this world, where, let, let's say everything has IBC. IBC is everywhere. Um, if IBC is everywhere, then what Polymer serves as is, is a routing function. So it's like, does it make sense to connect directly? If it makes sense to connect directly, then some chains will connect directly. If, yeah. like, but chains aren't, aren't always necessarily required to connect directly. If there's like millions of rollups. Will all all a million rollups connect directly? Not likely. Like some some rollups will decide like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to connect to an interop hub, and like the interop hub will provide me connectivity to everything else. Yeah. No, I think I think the I think it's useful to have hubs. And I yes. think Polymer can carve out a um, can carve out a position as an important hub, like a port city, right between yeah. Cosmos, the Cosmos ecosystem, and Ethereum from this perspective. 
um when it, when it comes to when it comes to con so hmm when 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 thinking about uh you know in our last conversation we were talking about sort of like some of the challenges of implementing ibc between say a cosmos chain and ethereum and, and that was this this finality um this issue with finality where cosmos has single soft finality ethereum has to, uh, like doesn't have single slot finality and so um it, it that's one of the reasons why it's difficult to validate to sort of like verify the state of ethereum and have like an atomic sort of style transaction um yeah. for for rollups that have a uh like optimistic rollups that have a fraud window um mm -hmm. how is that going to work uh, do, do do we have do we run into sort of similar issues here where potentially uh, a, a fraud proof being issued like later would cause some issues in terms of transaction uh transactions being verified yes so if if, the, if there's a rollback then the um I'll say like the, the entire view will have changed and, and, th and that is a risk. So Ethereum rollups uh, have this concept of different rollup heads. It's something that like, you know, Cosmos folks aren't pro probably like highly like unfamiliar with. And they have this concept of like a safe, of an unsafe, safe and finalized head. So the unsafe head is where blocks are just being produced. So you send some transactions to a rollup, they produce some block. That block is not associated with an L1 block, which makes it unsafe. Uh, there's a safe head, which is, okay, this block actually, the block data has been published to some data availability layer. And like the definitions here will, will change in the future with like kind of, you know, more modular chains. But it's confirmed that the DA has been made, made available. Uh, and in the, in the Ethereum context, it's, it, it will also confirm that like at least one checkpoint has passed or one justification, which is part of the Ethereum consensus algorithm. And the finalized head actually checks that like two checkpoints have passed. Ethereum's view, the L1 view is finalized. And this is at the point at which the uh, the rollup inherits reorg resistance. So now this view will never reorg, uh, but it, it doesn't stop it from being invalid. So if, if the view is invalid and is fraud proof is submitted between that point and uh, I guess the, the end of the fraud window, then that view will will change either it will freeze or or you'll, you'll do something something to this so there's still the problem of on the uh like i said cosmos side they would need to still run an ethereum client so the trade-off here is we're focused mostly or more on rollups for for now just kind of get, getting connectivity across them going to the cosmos you would still need the cosmos chain to run an ethereum client so to verify that ethereum consensus uh, is 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 a certain uh, you know has been validated, and then you would also need proof that uh, you know Polymer will verify the fraud window for you know all of its connected rollups. For the IBC client here in this context, if it's an optimistic client, you have to configure some uh, I would say like acceptance period. So like maybe you don't want to if you want to wait the full fraud window, you can do that. It's it will be a lot more secure. You're just waiting like it's going to be a very slow connection. It's like a you send something, it's going to take seven days. Um, it's like, it's like, uh, 56 K modems for blockchains. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you can have like, like soft pre-confirmation mechanisms, uh, either from, you know, like using the sequencer signature itself, uh, will, or like the, se the sequencer, uh, pre-confirmations themselves, uh, that will kind of allow you to get faster connectivity, but then you're trusting the sequencer. So the, the, the trust model is like not I ideal. Um, or you can kind of have like a smaller fraud window where you can say like, I'm okay with waiting a day, waiting three hours, uh, like, like some configurable level of security there. And the other approach that we've thought of is you can have, uh, like an AVS or like active validating service on Eigenlayer validate or act as a pre-confirmer of the rollup itself and attest to validity. So like once data has been made available, which you can, you, you, you'll know this information with high security, you also will know with the security of the AVS that that execution was correct. Uh, so you can kind of balance like like these two things and check these two things to, to know that I got a message. Okay. Um, so for, for, so for in this context, uh, a, a cosmos chain receiving tokens from a, like an optimistic rollup 
the, the yeah. Cosmos chain would have to run a client or would could could Polymer serve that purpose? Because I mean, then it, it sort of like creates this extra burden on Cosmos chains to have to run this extra client. Yeah. And potentially, you know, every chain has to do this if it's connected to Polymer. Yes. Could, could Polymer uh, give some sort of assurance to Cosmos chains or like take on, or like could some other actor take on the risk? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it yeah. could be the Cosmos hub. I, I think the Cosmos hub could run an Ethereum client. Uh, this kind of makes good on like the Cosmos hub being the port city for the interchain. And, and Polymer can focus on being the port city for Ethereum, if, 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 if that makes sense. Right. Um, but then that means that any any tokens going from an optimistic rollup to say osmosis let's say osmosis is not running a client or like you know some kind of more obscure cosmos chain right it, it still has to route like we need routing from that thing to polymer to to the hub to like that other chain potentially so there's like probably four hops to get yeah. into cosmos yeah but but it's, it's it's pretty straightforward from a technical perspective uh once so the, the blocker here is multi-hop ibc channels this is not yeah. multi-hop packet forwarding. Multi-hop packet forwarding is not ideal. Like you don't want to do token transfers like this. You 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 have like you basically have like four different like flavors of this token, and you're like transferring it like four yeah. times across four different chains. Uh, in this model, this is where multi-hop channels make a lot of sense. So you will establish a multi-hop channel between the optimistic rollup and the um, random like uh, SDK app chain anywhere in the interchain. Uh, directly, so you have this channel, and then you just send the token directly across, and the the you just have a list of connection IDs uh, beneath this channel. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you okay. can switch them out. So, like, let's say yeah. you wanted to, uh, so like the first connection will denominate the connection between the rollup and Polymer. The second connection would denominate the connection between Polymer and the hub. That second connection, you can even switch. So, like, let's say you start with seven days, like super secure. Uh, and then at some point, like, oh, maybe the UX isn't that good. We we're okay with like one day, uh, you know, like like uh, like a more like a one day finality, so one day wait period for a fraud proof. So you can switch it from like the seven day client or connection to the one day connection. You just do a channel upgrade, um, and then you'll have uh, like a, a different path with different security properties, uh, and and you can have like different uh, providers too. Like let's say you wanted to like remove the Cosmos Hub as as a, as a middle hop. Like maybe there's like maybe the chain decides to implement or like add the Ethereum client support uh, themselves, then they can remove like hops in the middle as well uh, as, as, as the network scales. Okay. Interesting. And yeah, so th this, um, this multi-hop channel, uh, IBC, do you, like, what's the status on that? How, when do we expect that to be, be, be live? Yeah, so uh, we wrote the spec uh, some time ago. We recently, or semi-recently, got the spec merged officially uh, into the IBC uh, repo, which was cool. Um, it, it took for, it took a long time. There were a lot of reviews. I think it might have had the most feedback out of any IBC spec review in 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 the history of the the repo itself. Um, the implementation we have a POC implementation we're using. Uh, for like IBC Go, we're using that implementation ourselves. The we're planning on upstreaming it, so the IBC Go team has started taking a look at it. I believe they have it planned for Q two of next year, um, but I am not entirely sure. Uh, but yeah, they have it on the roadmap, and, and they were planning on up, uh, upstreaming it. So, so just in terms of simplifying, like I, IBC infrastructure in in Cosmos, I mean, this would greatly reduce like if say like the hub and osmosis and maybe like another handful of really you know maybe dydx like a handful of really big cosmos chains you know are ensuring connections to lots of different yeah. uh cosmos app chains then say like you know i don't know juno or um agoric like they don't have to maintain ibc connections with every other app chain as long as yeah. they're connected to a hub that is you know providing the connections to those chains so it, it removes the burden potentially on um on sort of smaller app chains to, to do that work yeah yeah exactly and then you don't have like this problem of a in the, the complexity is going to grow like in, in, in a cambrian sense for uh operators um, if you need to maintain direct connect, direct connectivity between everyone, 
especially with all the number of like different rollups spinning out. And there will be a lot of these like more like smaller rollups and like roll apps that will need kind of like the, this, this connectivity. So I think, uh, I think overall it, it, uh, it improves the network topology. Mm. Okay. So, so one thing that's still unclear is like, why, why build it as a rollup? Why? I mean, you, you could have built the, like you could have built an EVM or like an OP stack, uh, on top of say the Cosmos SDK or have that work directly with like Tendermint consensus and like a Cosmos validator set, right? Like what, what was the benefit of bringing it, uh, as a roll up? Like, do, do you benefit from, um, being also shared on, uh, secured on Ethereum or does that, does that make it technically easier to implement this? I mean, whereas you could have also just had like an Ethereum client on your Cosmos SDK chain, like Tendermint validator set, right? Like verifying the state of Ethereum and still providing this functionality to uh, EVM chains. But, but yeah, just curious, like you, you, with a, the, the sort of have. like technical reasoning for becoming an OP stack chain. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have. The issue, with, the issue with that is that you're changing the trust model of the connectivity for rollups. Um, like if, if I'm a rollup builder, the, the point of building a rollup on uh, Ethereum would be that the rollup is kind of trust minimized uh, in the same domain communicating between each other. When you yeah. add uh, additional like third-party validator set, the trust model now changes. Now you're trusting some like you know, validator set, much weaker security. So like Axlar, Wormhole, I guess a union also is taking this this approach. Like without talking about the other properties of these chains, just talking about like just the trust model, um, and also even like Chainlink CCIP. I also consider kind of CCIP's like Oracle set as like a third party guardian set. So the trust model, of this connectivity is is is, is less than ideal. Of, of course, like you can still use uh, like some like third party guardian set for like a soft confirmation mechanism. But the default level of security, I think, should be like verified by Ethereum in, in, in this case. So that's why, like, but previously when you mentioned that Polymer is like a trust layer, I'm like, no, the, the approach now means that Polymer is no longer a trust layer, which is the whole idea of like why we wanted to do this in the first place. Um, and, and the idea is that like Polymer is, is, is just a feature layer. It's an IBC feature layer um, and also like a, I guess, like a like router or hub a hub for for even like rollups that implemented natively. Um, yeah, so that, that that's so it's actually you know it's more work to to you know move this tech yeah. to, to Ethereum, uh, but we believe it's the it's the right approach. Okay, no, that makes sense. I think you know also from a sort of you know a, a narrative perspective. Yeah, I, I think there are still a lot of you know we talked about this earlier. Right? There, I think there's a lot of challenges still in having IBC being accepted in in Ethereum. I mean. Yes. Because it's because it's a technology that comes out of Cosmos, people associate it with Cosmos. Yep. There may be some uh, some some biases there, whether you know known or unknown. But I think that there will be it will be a challenge to get IBC uh, to be accepted by teams working on EVM chains. Yep. So there's a lot of business development and yes. evangelism to do there. But if you're already being secured. Uh, by Ethereum, then that that trust barrier at least uh, get is greatly reduced because yeah. you're operating on the same security, you're EVM aligned, uh, <laughs> all all those good things, right? That like yeah. people in uh, the EVM world tend to. I, I really realized this like this week being at DevConnect, just the because I don't spend a lot of time in Ethereum so much anymore and go to Ethereum conferences, I, but. There, there is a real like sense that people in the EVM world and sort of the Ethereum world want to be Ethereum aligned and being Ethereum aligned, I think is for you guys, like uh, a, a good way to gain mind share. Um, if yeah, exactly. this is to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on a good point. It's, it's like, you need to be able to convince them that this is the right technology in the, in the first place. Uh, and make that technology like tangible for the for this like ecosystem of builders the the other thing 
that I've kind of noticed is that both Ethereum and the Hub have kind of taken a minimalistic approach to the L1. So the Hub practices Hub minimalism. They don't want to put smart contracts on the Hub, so they have uh, Neutron. They don't want to do liquid staking on the Hub, so they have Stride. Um, Ethereum, in a sense, has done some of the same from from a, from like a scaling perspective. Like originally, they had sharding on the roadmap. They were like, oh, well, you know, we have a layer twos. A layer twos is going to handle scaling for us. Uh, and then Ethereum is going to kind of just focus on data availability and also offering settlement. And like by them practicing this a kind of like minimalistic L1 approach, it means that like if you want to add a feature like IBC, like how would you go about doing that? And like from a from from this perspective, it's like yeah, well, in sh- baking in IBC as a roll up onto Ethereum is essentially enshrining the technology uh, into the Ethereum ecosystem or into into the, like not like, in, into their minds too, but like into the the tech stack of like Ethereum. Yeah, right. So not enshrining it directly on the L one, but uh, making it available via uh, a, a roll up. Um, yes. keeps this keeps aligned with this minimalistic uh, philosophy with regards to say the hub or Ethereum, but still yes. allows EVM chains to interact with EVC. Okay, that's that's yeah. cool. And, and, the, and this feature is still secured by Ethereum stake, so it's like yeah. you now have, Ethereum has a new feature. It has IBC, and this this feature is secured. Uh, yeah. So like so, like, yeah. so go ahead. So so Polymer will use. Uh, Ethereum for security and Eigenlayer as well for 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 data availability. Uh, I mean, I saw that on one of the slides. That I saw the Eigenlayer logo there. Uh, yeah. What's the... Yeah, how is that going to work? Yeah, so the idea is like we want to be as secure, I guess like as, as, as much as possible, like secured by uh, Ethereum stake um, and EigenDA being secured by Ethereum stake or, or restaked Ethereum. Uh, kind of, you know, works its way the, in, in the same sense. Uh, I kind of see the, and it's more. Of, this is more of like a scalability thing. Uh, if if the costs were lower, we we just post the call data to the L1. I think like uh, that's that's also a viable approach. In fact, that's what we're doing on on testnet right now. We're not. Uh, we're just posting. Uh, I would say the Cosmos transaction data as batch data onto um, uh, onto the Ethereum L1. Uh, in, until like uh, I can do a test that is up. Yeah. Okay, and so you'll be posting that to to Eigenlayer on, on, on mainnet. Yeah, or or EigenDA. Yes. Okay. Yeah, to EigenDA. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And, and EigenDA, I think, has a ten x more throughput than the Ethereum L one, even with uh, Proto Dank sharding. So I think there's just more bandwidth as well. Okay. Um, yeah, when, when it comes to um, when it comes to the OP stack, you, you were talking about this uh, this canon um, thing in, in OP. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, you were talking about like the, the, the sort of like fault proof system and you were mentioning some vague uh acronyms like mips and risk v that i have no idea what that means so what what is all of this about because it's like one of the slides in the deck and um just curious why what, what why this is relevant yeah so the relevance comes from needing to prove the validity of the chain so if you're and this is probably something that you know cosmos app chain folks aren't, aren't familiar with um, because in the app chain world, you have a validator set. And the way you prove validity is you say that these 100 to 150 validators have processed this, or a super majority of them have executed this code using this state machine, uh, and they got the same result. So they can all agree, and, and we're fine. Uh, on If you're a rollup, uh, the rollup can execute this, but that execution is untrusted. How does the layer one know that what you executed is, is correct. So there's multiple approaches to this. There's a ZK approach. I think ZK is a bit of a meme now, but um, it, 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 is, uh, it does work in terms of verifying that an, a, a, some execution was performed correctly. The other strategy is to use these optimistic fraud proofs. It's, it's to say like you have some sort of like wait period 
during which someone can challenge a state transition and say that I was watching the chain and that that proposed block that you just made is not correct. Uh, but how do you know that on chain? So this is the tricky part. What they found was that uh, you can't just put your application, rewrite your entire application in Solidity and just re-execute a transaction. Uh, that would mean like rewriting the entire Cosmos SDK app in Solidity and have the functionality be one-on-one, -on -one, which it will never be because internal data structures are, are, are different. So this is pretty much impossible. You can't do this. Um, so, but what you can do is you can say, I can take this program, I can cross compile this Go program, which is essentially what you get with the Cosmos SDK uh, app chain is like you just, it, it compiles down to some code that's run in, uh, in Go, in the Go runtime. So you can cross compile this Go program into a different instruction set. So you can cross compile into MIPS. And the reason why they chose MIPS, I believe, is the MIPS uh, memory and, and layout is, is a little bit simpler. Um, maybe the opcodes, maybe there's fewer opcodes. I think fewer opcodes, like simpler memory layout is, 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 is a better fit for, for this sort of thing. Um, and you can also do RISC-V in the future. Right now, I think MIPS is the only one they actually have an implementation for. So now they've cross-compiled your Cosmos SDK app chain code to, to this other like instruction set. You can say that I am going to essentially look over. So you have this like list of opcodes and it can be very large from the beginning of the program to the end of the program. So you're going you're gonna to say, I can look for the faulty opcode within any of these opcodes that produced the incorrect result. So a, a computation is a chain of like, I executed an opcode, something changed, is it correct? So like if you chain all these opcodes together, you get the final result of a state transition. You can play this, they call it an interactive verification game. So on chain, you're actually emulating the MIPS VM in a, in a smart contract. And you're stepping through all the opcodes in a binary search way. So it takes a log n steps if the, high, if the number of opcodes is n. Um, and you just search, you say you go in the middle, you go in, you know, is, is, is it left or right? And you kind of just like keep looking through until you find something that it find the exact faulty, faulty opcode. And once you found that, you can say that this is, this shows that fraud was proven. If the end result and the beginning result do not match at some point, there is something, uh, some, something happened that, that, that was, that was invalid. If that makes sense. I'm sure it does. I think it like this flew over my head a little bit, to be honest. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but that's okay. You know, I we we push the boundaries of like you know technical explanations here on the show until I start understanding them, and so you know, this is just we just hit one of those boundaries. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's basically say like you ever played telephone? Um. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So like when you, when you play, this is not a great analogy actually, but like technically it's like when you, when you're playing telephone, you're like transmitting the same thing. And you're, you're at some point in the line of telephone, someone's going to like, like mess it up and be like, now the result is going to be incorrect. So like you start with an elephant and you got like a donkey and then the, like who along this list, like line of people like communicated the wrong thing or communicated something incorrectly. So that like the end result was donkey. Cause at some point people started thinking it was a donkey. And then like the list of opcodes is kind of like that. It's like at some point there's an opcode that, that like completely did something like, like undefined. Actually, it wasn't respecting the behavior of the VM. It just did like from here to this step, this step, this step, this step. I just, you know, I changed it. I went from a, a, a like a, a, um, an elephant to like some, like a donkey, like another animal. So like, like that's kind of like the, the analogy in my head. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you you also talked about this this monomer SDK. So what's what's the idea here? So the the, high, the reason why we named it monomer first off was uh, a polymer is formed of multiple monomers. So if if, if, if you can think of a polymer connecting uh, many, so we, the monomer SDK can build these app rollup chains that are like Cosmos SDK app rollups on Ethereum. But you can think of polymers like if you compose many monomers together connected by polymer, they become a polymer. Oh, so, so that's kind of like clever. the thinking behind the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so monomer SDK is just a combination of, of two different frameworks, uh, Cosmos SDK and the OP stack. Uh, it, the idea is that the OP stack itself, you know, lacks, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, kind of lacks this customizability. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to build like your own custom app rollup. It's uh, pretty easy to just 
build another uh, EVM rollup and then deploy smart contract on it. But maybe not everyone wants to do that. Maybe some people want to, you know, make some optimizations that are like application specific. So to actually be application specific, which framework has the best developer UX community docs in, in, in globally speaking? And I, I mean, I, I think that's Cosmos SDK. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, I, I think some of you are probably biased here as well. But um, the Cosmos SDK arguably has one of the best, if not the best dev UX. If we combine the best dev UX uh, with like these, the settlement features of the OP stack, we can address a much bigger market and we get much greater distribution for the Cosmos uh, technology. And long-term, it honestly makes sense, more sense to me that I would expect to see more like Cosmos SDK, like, or like basically monorail SDK rollups than just generic like EVM, like some random virtual machine with a smart co contract on a rollup. Because like these like uh, VM rollups, they're not differentiated. There can only be so many of them. Uh, like, like at what point does the like 50th EVM rollup become like not that interesting? Yeah. Um, so I, what I you're, what you're saying is that rollups will be applications, basically. Like each each rollup will be an app. Yeah, yeah. Like application specific uh, rollups. I, I think long term yeah. we'll see a lot more of that as like you know these applications want to differentiate um, and, and and want to specialize. Yeah, and as long as uh, as long as like OP stack is sitting underneath it, providing some sort of composability, or like IBC is. Uh, exists between all of these rollups, either via Polymer or just by the fact that these are using Monomer and IBC compatible out of the box, then applications can be like rollups can be applications uh, in the yep. same way that, you know, we have websites and those are like, you know, sovereign applications to some extent, right? Like in um, uh, containerized applications. And, and we yep. don't need like another, you know, another rollup with a bunch of apps on it, like each each app can sort of like be, each rollup can be an app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess like the, the my mental model there is like, do you want a? Uh, so some applications like are okay being co-located, co like like co-hosted. So in, in in different cloud services, you can have yeah. like a um, like many different con like Docker containers essentially share yeah. the same hardware. Yeah. Uh, but some applications want to be like by themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like they want the performance or, or they want to kind of like be more uh, specialized doing something uh, yeah. to, bear, to bear or like be, just be bare metal. Um, in, in, in those cases, like I kind of see like those guys being kind of like different. So like you have some like stuff that, that's co-located, some stuff is going to be, uh, um, I guess, like deployed uh, or like, like bare metal, essentially. Mm. So the Monomer SDK will have uh, the it's the Cosmos SDK with all of its modules and it's sitting on top of the OP stack. And so, at, you know, instead of having tenement consensus there, it, it has the OP stack where it's like uh, committing to the OP stack. Yep. Uh, so it can have governance. It can have like it can create tokens. It has like yep. all of the all the functionality of the Cosmos SDK. Yes. I guess maybe like the staking module is no longer necessary. Or like, what about so, the modules so that are kind of specific to the fact that we have a validator set? So, so uh, you can actually have both. Uh... And this is an interesting concept. So um, I'm, I'm, I was planning on writing like a blog post exploring this, but I kind of see like the ABCI boundary as having like uh, the client, the ABCI client being on uh, the OP stack, you know, side of the boundary, uh, the ABCI server being the Cosmos SDK app chain um, on the other side. I can I actually see there being multiple, uh, I would say like apps or uh, ABCI servers and multiple ABCI clients running at the same time. So you can, I can see OP stack and, and uh, Comet BFT running at the same time. The Comet BFT would provide kind of like a, like what I mentioned earlier, like this, like soft could potentially provide soft confirmations. And the, uh, I'll say the Cosmos SC, sorry, the OP stack is then providing uh, settlement logic. So you can still have like a staking module, except the staking module is like staking for pre-confirmations instead of like staking for, for, for like final security. So final security uh, is, is, is Ethereum. So like there's, there's like a lot of like hybrid things you can do. And I think like long-term, there will be a lot of like, this this whole thing is is, is, is in the concept of like a blockchain operating system. Yeah. So what is a blockchain operating system? What does it look like? What are all the components? Um, to me, like a, a blockchain operating system in, in the sense of a roll-up is 
you have like many kind of like uh, client side things which act as like the blockchain kernel and you have many like application yeah. side things that act as like the blockchain user space um and and the two of those will kind of interact you have like a bunch of stuff in the user space like it might be one cosmos sdk app chain it might be that plus ibc um and then on the other side it might be uh like you know op stack settlement um and then and like common bt or some other consensus mechanism and, or, or, and so on hmm. interesting what what's the go-to-market here I and mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier like the challenge of building ibc mindshare within the evm ethereum aligned community uh how, how do you plan on doing that yeah, I think it's going to be from the, the, I think with BD, there's there's two strategies. Uh, there's like bottom up BD and there's like top down BD. Uh, in, in my mind, the way I think about like top down is top down is like your applications. So it's it's BD directly with applications, like why they should use IBC, like how's it different uh, and so on. Bottoms up is from the infrastructure layers. Even by putting IBC onto Ethereum in the form of roll up is a form of bottoms up BD. Uh, getting distribution into additional rollup frameworks onto on Ethereum is also bottoms up bottoms up BD. I think even Monomer SDK is bottoms up BD, meaning that the more like natively interoperable IBC rollups on Ethereum kind of spreads that IBC mindshare. So th those are the kind of like two like dual sided funnels that that we that we, that we need to need to work on. Okay, yeah, I mean this is really cool. I mean, because like, like it, I. I feel like it merges Cosmos and Ethereum in a way. You know, we we can we can now you know, with Monomer SDK, we could have Cosmos applications uh, in Ethereum. You you provide a way for people to experience uh, Cosmos, uh, but but secured by Ethereum chains. Yeah, what what do you what do you see as the future here in terms of you're converging Ethereum and Cosmos, and what's the role of Polymer there? Yeah, I kind of see Polymer as being the the catalyst or trying to catalyze the the merge, like the literal merge of the two ecosystems. I think people have been talking for some time about like Cosmos and Ethereum kind of coming together. Um, I think like merging at this inter with this at this interface at kind of like this ABCI interface uh, merges the technologies. Uh, like it, very much in, 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 a, in a literal sense. So it's like, uh, uh, like the real merge wasn't like Ethereum's um, kind of, uh, I guess, a consensus and execution layers merging in like Ethereum, I guess, like, uh, 2.0. This is uh, the, the real merges between the, the two ecosystems. Essentially, you have like this growth actually of the interchain. Like a, a, a Ethereum itself kind of becomes a part of the interchain and, and the interchain just expands. And like this, this is, I think, a big step in the direction of, and I think we have to get here, a big step in the direction of, in, at some point, builders, they can't, and users can't know like which ecosystem they're interacting with. Like they cannot, like if, if like me as a user had to be like, oh, I'm using an app, do I connect to Google Cloud or do I connect to AWS? <laughs> like that is, that is a, like absurd, like, like no app works like that. Um, so like Polymer can kind of help like form this like unified API so, and also like merging the two tech stacks together and technologies together. So we kind of have this like uniform like Web3 like API for, you know, builders for, um, I guess, uh, like applications building on top to, to be able to deploy anywhere and just be able to not have to worry about uh, whatever uh, specific ecosystem that they're like, like stuck in, essentially. No one's stuck. Everything's seamlessly interoperable. That's the future. Everything yeah. is seamlessly interoperable. Um, or at least it feels like we're on the we're on the cusp of of, of getting there. Uh, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really hopeful that in the next you know three to five years uh, that this interoperable future that we've been talking about for years um, will become a reality. And 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 I think that with technologies like this and like other interoperability solutions that are are innovating. Um, yeah. 
on on all sorts of fronts, right? And you know, like we've had a lot of them on here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I didn't want this to be an interoperability podcast, although it is called the Interop. I was like, you know, that wasn't the idea, but it just feels yeah. like there's just so much innovation happening on 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 uh, in in this vertical that um, it's interesting to sort of like get everybody and just look at all the different approaches. But I re I, I like this approach. Um, uh, I think it's. Uh, it's like uh, it's like an IBC vampire attack on Ethereum, <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but um, yeah, what's so uh, what's the road to mainnet? Yeah, so we're currently targeting testnet in December. Um, we're probably you know privately onboard some partners in, but most likely like announce that in in, in January or so. Um, uh, just because December is kind of like a dead dead time for for this sort of yeah. thing. Uh, and then in terms of the mainnet launch, we're targeting uh, Q2 of next year. Cool. Bo, thanks so much for coming back on again. Uh, it was great. Uh, I love diving in to this kind of stuff. And uh, thanks for having me at the IBC Summit. I really enjoyed uh, our, our panel there. I think people will want to check that out once it's live, uh, once it's on YouTube. I did a panel with uh, with uh, Corel of Union and you, and it was it was it was spicy at times uh but uh, it was really fun so really enjoyed that as well yeah. thanks so much yep yeah, awesome thank you <laughs>